This is an SM Media production. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 3 of SM Media's Road to Cheltenham 2022. I'm Scott McPike, it's a to be our host as always. Joined as always for by from the Scottish Daily Mail, Callum McClurkin. Callum, how are we? Yeah, all good, how are you? I'm all good, yep. Another exciting week to, to look back on, Callum. It's been, it's been one of those weeks where a lot's happened, but it's been like nothing really major Cheltenham close, has there? I don't think so. Yeah, I think the next week with the November meeting and the Morgiana at Punchestown will probably reveal a lot more than than last week. There was a lot of withdrawals, I think, yeah. done quick uh, everywhere as well. So, yeah, in terms of Cheltenham, probably quite thin on the ground, maybe maybe a few nuggets, but it's it's still really early days, so they, they might progress from there anyway. Yeah, definitely. We'll run through the horses that, we, that caught their eye over the week in the recap in a couple of minutes, but we'll start with the, the fan questions we've received. First things first, have you given up on Time Hill after he's run in France on Saturday? Callum, it was obviously Time Hill obviously ran in the French champion huddle over three miles, just didn't really suit him at all. There was a lot really a, a lot of things went wrong. I don't know if I've given up on him for this for the Stairs huddle, but I would I would like to see him again. Obviously, the long walk's a big clue if he bounces back, but it wasn't great, was it? No, um I wouldn't entirely give up on him, uh, partly because they took a risk with assignment and it went wrong and they were chasing prize money really mm-hmm. ultimately to skip a newbury. You'll probably come back the long walk hurdle at Ascot and I think probably know your answer there. Um, partly I would forgive him because the Stairs hurdle division still looks rather weak and it yeah. probably was weaker last season. There's a lot of horses that you'd like to stay in there going novice chasing or you know going elsewhere and Paisley Park for instance in the 10. Uh, so is Sire de Berle, Warren Porter fell, um, Classical Dreams, the one that you'd think come in, but did he just pick up a, a prize because he was fresh at Punchestown in a, a weirdly, run, weirdly run race, you know, from, mm-hmm. from a long, long absence? Um, you, 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 you're scratching around like horses like Buzz, and and that, that's, that's kind of really it. Um, so no, not entirely, he's still young enough, he'll turn an eight next year. Um, still young enough to turn it around. He does have his fragilities though, and you know, obviously missed the festival last year. So, would you would you trust him overall as a horse for his, his well being to get to the festival? Have doubts. The French race, the French hurdles there are, are kind of different from our hurdles. You, you yeah. kind of over them. They have birch. I think the first time he touched it, he just absolutely hated it and mm-hmm. spat the dummy out a little bit. The way he weakened was kind of troubling anyway. So, They'll need a bit of work to restore his confidence, but coming back here and the long walk hurdle, you can see him running into like second or third there easily and maybe back on track quite quickly. So, no, I, w- I wouldn't be diving in at 8 to 1, but I wouldn't be completely dismissing him at all. Yeah, I'm the same. I wouldn't be diving in at the prices, but I wouldn't totally give up on him. I just think it didn't suit him at all. When the, can I, the long walk hurdle will probably suit him better. But we'll move on to the next question. Is there any chance we could potentially see? Shishkin, Shakan Persua and Enid Gamin all turning up to the Tingle Creek. Callum, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think the likelihood is that you'll see two of them. I think Enid Gamin will stay in Ireland and Shakin Persua will go for the Tingle Creek class with Shishkin, potentially. 
Uh, that, that seems to be the logical thing and the idea that Willie Mullins is, is leaning towards. So I'm going to see a clash of a clash of sorts. It does suggest that maybe the energy mean might be Mullins' number one over Jackie Persoa in terms of in terms of Cheltenham and avoiding the English challenge. Yeah, I think they'll keep they'll definitely keep Shakhtar Persoa and energy mean separate for as long as they can. I think Shishkin versus Shakhtar could be a really good race. I think it could be ideal for Shakhtar Persoa to maybe get back on obviously that track and energy mean we know what he can do I think you would maybe see him turning up in maybe like a hilly way or something like that like something maybe in a couple of weeks just to get him because then again we haven't seen him since he was he was out injured so we, there is that fragility as as he back to his best so it's a it's going to be interesting I don't think they'll run energy mean against the kind of big dogs until they they really need to Possibly. With the introduction of Irish Dublin Festival, you know, I mean, they might just wait to Leperstown Christmas with uh, Energamine. Yeah. And Tingle Creek's just a few weeks before, uh, across, across the water, for Shaq and Persoir. Uh, did, did see Energamine bounce back at Punchestown. You know, after yeah. they missed. So it, it was a really minor setback, and he won quite convincingly. So I, th- I think he's, he, he does suggest that he's a real deal, um, but I think Cheltenham will be his first trip across the water um, and then it will be you know, jump and chase I'd imagine yeah definitely but we'll move into the final question who is your favourite person you've ever met in horse racing we'll start with you Carl well, I haven't met many I just normally sit here and punt uh, <laughs> um, going to probably Lucinda Russell's yard been there um, to do a feature with uh, one for Arthur and the set up there is great and she was mm-hmm. you know, very nice and obviously very knowledgeable and Part of Peter Scrimmer as well, got a great operation up there, and they're probably expecting a, a few big things as well uh, this season. Uh, the likes of Mighty Thunder and Hoist and you're really kind of mm-hmm. uh, setting a standard there. So they do really have some nice horses, and they were selling a couple as well a few years ago to, to Nicky Henderson that have, that have flourished. So uh, they, they do they do really well with the recruits, you know, from the point to point backgrounds in, in Britain. It's it's a really good setup there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you. I've not really met many people. I met, I've, I've met Frankie Dettori a couple of years ago at uh, Newmarket. He was really nice. I met McCoy years ago. I've not really met anyone. I think the closest I've ever been to like talking to a trainer was the day we sat with Kim Bailey. And that's <laughs> the closest I've got. Like that was, but hopefully that will change. Hopefully we'll, we'll be able to talk to some trainers and jockeys in the near future. But well, Daryl Holland as well. I met him a few years ago at Newcastle when they were all... He was good as well, Richard Johnson, and I met him at Musselburgh. So there's a few really good ones who I've met, but I've not really spent proper time with them, but hopefully that changes soon. And that is our questions, and we are going to move into the recap for this week. There's a lot of horses to get through, maybe not as many Cheltenham clues as we, we thought we would get, but we'll start off on Tuesday at Exeter, where Eldorado Allen beat Hitman in the Halton Gold Cup. Hitman obviously looked a lot clearer and Eldorado Allen did what he did in the, the arco where he just came from nowhere and just picked up the picked up the pieces. It was it was decent from Eldorado Allen, but you've got to question Hitman how he didn't stay on. Yeah, Hitman and Eldorado Allen are both rated one five one, so it shouldn't have been a surprise caught to the market. Um yeah, I think Hitman just probably didn't have a lead for long enough. Mm-hmm. Nichols that Paul Nichols was suggesting. Um Eldorado Allen's a good horse, you know. I mean defied Tizard's uh, struggles. He's been second twice to Shishkin. He's won that. He was travelling quite well in behind, but he looked mm-hmm. the winner, jumped the last, um, picked him up comfortably enough. Um, and that arco form that Shishkin was kind of 
that's been used to beat Chesky with a stick slightly for his price for the champion chase. It's looking a lot better now with Captain Guinness winning. Um, he was third, and All Mankind winning twice subsequently in fourth. So it's it's not it's not turning into the worst piece of form in the world just just because it was a five runner field. Um, more than half of them have now come out and won. Yeah, it's a it's it was a kind of good race. Green team didn't really just I think just wait kind of got a better hand, didn't it? He needed a run, and he's going to be trained probably with the Tingle Creek in mind. I think yeah. that's when he's meant to peak. Yeah, we'll move on to another race at Exeter. Three under through five. A horse you liked last year won the a female novice chase. He finally got his. His first one of the season. He was second, I think it was second or third in the race at Cheltenham a couple of weeks ago. Won it by 15 lengths, jumped well into 25 to the National Hunt Chase. He, he looked pretty decent. You can argue again just who he beat, but it was a, he jumped well enough. It was a solid performance. And the, the step up a trip to three miles has just unlocked that improvement that, that you'd anticipate. Um, I'm not sure that Cheltenham is going to be entirely these track. He, he ran yeah. well enough in the Bartlett, but I, mean, I think a flatter track is, is more suitable to him. And he's, it's a bit of a grinder, I think, from the front. So, yeah, I can expect him. He, he could go to Kempton, foreseeable. But, you know, I imagine Paul Nichols will have Brave Man's game in mind for that. Yeah, you would think so, yeah. We'll move into another race, obviously, in, in Tuesday. Fairy House, three-stripe life. Won, the, won a really well, a, a maiden hurdle really well. Over to a 10 lengths. It was a good performance. 20s for the Supreme. The only thing I would say about this is he looked, obviously we know last year he was a really good bumper horse, but he hung a bit left. And I know that probably won't be a big a big issue for Cheltenham, but I would need to see him again. I think he's a, he's an incredibly talented horse and I had him for the champion bumper at a big mm-hmm. price and he unshipped Jack Kennedy at the start yeah. and looked like a bit of a lunatic and he did incredibly well to be to be fourth because his race was kind of really run at the start. And, and he does he, he still shows those quirks over hurdles. Um, mm-hmm. he, he hit a few he's, I just wonder if, if mentally he's still all there. Um, if they can iron out the corpse, I think he's a serious, serious threat. Um, it wouldn't rule out the Ballymore either. I mean, yeah. An engine. So uh, whatever he goes next, up in grades, he's, he's certainly one to watch um, because he's, he's certainly got a world of talent. Um, his, his sire's leading light, which normally smacks staying flat pedigrees. So I can I can see him running a Ballymore. Um, and the Marans will be desperate for the winner for Gordon Elliott after sticking by him as well. So I, th- I think he, he does have talent, but it's, it's whether whether they can iron out those quirks that he, that he obviously has and maybe maybe reach for headgear earlier than he expected as well. Yeah, we'll move into Saturday. Uh, a few horses to mention. We'll start at Aintree with a Pertemps qualifier. And I don't even know what to, where to start here. Kashari, obviously a horse last year who's changed who's changed yard. I didn't even know that until Saturday changed yard, but he won it 80-1. Beat Desha Abba, who I quite liked for the for this race, and remastered was third. Kishari's into 25 slip attempts, remastered probably at the same price, but it was just a wild race, wasn't it? Just one of those that just pickle your head. One of those typical weird qualifiers, um, where you sort of <laughs> see which one shaped the best without winning. Um, I thought it was Pillion in fourth. Um, mm-hmm. for a handicap reason, because he's, he's a lot lower than he was. I think he's about six, six or eight pounds lower. He was when he was second in the Martin Pipe to Indefatigable, who's more than frank that form. Yeah. Greater level of Mayor's company. I mean, Pilly always kind of lost his way last season, like a lot of Philip Hobbs's horse did. Um, I thought that was an encouraging return. His stamina for the trip for a full three miles is maybe a bit questionable, but he's certainly um, well handicapped to, to go the pair Thompson route if they, if they maintain that kind of mark that they got for the Martin Pipe, which seems within their compass all the way through the season. So, I think Unibet put him in. I think they've only 
company that are up at 33 to 1. Not, not too bad, really. I think, from a handicap perspective, he handles Cheltenham, handles a new course. That Martin Pike was strong form, strong festival form. Is he, is he going to get at handicap level? So I think him at 33 is the, the most interesting at the moment. Aye, I mean, it's. That, that's a race you just can't make out. It's far too early to make out what's happening with that race until kind of early Christmas, isn't it? But we'll, we'll move into the Grand Theft, and there's not really a Cheltenham clue in here, but Mike Totty won it. You're hot, you fancied senior citizen, just get beat. What was your thoughts on the overall in the race? Uh, soft ground. The ground has turned soft, and it, senior citizen didn't quite see it out. He did travel like the best horse in the race. Um, Adrian Heskin was at pains to hold on to him for as long as possible before delivering because he probably knew the tank would empty around the elbow and McTotty outstayed him and beat him and they're trying that winning connections are, are maybe looking for a Grand National tilt which is a dramatic step up a trip but he's the strongest team of the day so could do so but yeah um, we look at Grand Safety candidates for Cheltenham no, they, if it's for entry next, next season um, I don't think there's I think there's one, there's one out there. It's, it's mainly because of the trip and, and stuff like that. I mean, maybe maybe entry the same trip next season. Senior citizen could get revenge and better spring ground if the handicapper doesn't put them up too much. Yeah, I mean it's just one of those races where you're never going to get a Cheltenham clue. But when Canton, there was a there was maybe a couple. Napa's Hill two for two over hurdles again. Obviously won the won the bumper at entry just before the end of the season. Twenty five to Supreme. Jumps okay, isn't brilliant, obviously, get quite novice, but it'll need to prove. But again, just a, another kind of decent performance in these maiden hurdles. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about this horse and coming from bumpers. And he's not doing anything really flashy. Um, he's still learning the job, he's still very green. Um, two from two, he's kind of his jumping isn't the cleanest in the world, but again, a bit like three strike life, I think there is some talent there. It's just whether we can mature him in time as, as an always hurler to, to take top rank. Um, that, that's that's the question at the moment. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we, uh, we missed out one, sorry, in Friday at Warwick. Uh, in this world for uh, the Skeltons looked really, really good. 14 to 1 kind of joint, kind of justifying kind of joint favouritism for the triumph. He's obviously beat Phil Dorr, who we talked about last week in France last year. This was impressive. This was a, this was a decent performance. Uh, yeah, I, I prefer Phil Dorr though. Um, I, I just, I just thought he hit a couple, and the race kind of did fall apart a little bit. He, he looked better as, as the race went on, you know, as you'd expect from juveniles. But I, th- I just thought Phil Dorr was a lot more polished and a lot cleaner on debut anyway. And off be twelve to one, both I would take Phil Dorr at the moment. Yeah, I think Phil Dorr looked a bit more flashier, but I think in this world maybe is the a bit more kind of stamina and just looks a bit more it, it looked as if it was winning going away so it could potentially be one to one to keep an eye on but we'll go back to one canton the brave man's game obviously missed the the grade two there the novices chase due to the ground but captain tomcat beat mac pastor again these are two horses who are never going to win at the festival in a graded race but first of all brave man's game obviously was an understandable decision with the ground yeah, had to do it. Trip's a little bit short as well for me. I think he'd be keen to step him up to three miles. Whether he wait for Kempton or not, or, or go somewhere in between, I'm not so sure. Um, he's obviously fit enough. He's already had a run. Mm-hmm. He'd probably be keen to keen to get him out before before then. Uh, yeah, he does have the world at his feet at the moment, and 
can understand why they're being a little bit cautious when, when an unsuitable assignment doesn't really tempt them. Yeah, what was your thoughts on the, the race? Captain Tom Cat beat Mick Pastor. Is there any anything for Cheltenham there? Um, Mick Pastor might be one for a grand annual because um, he's, he's better going left-handed. Um, mm-hmm. But he made a lot of mistakes to the right. I do think a track like Cheltenham will be, will be a lot more suitable. He needs to get back to the back into form. Though he's kind of he's threatening to lose his way a little bit, but in return, your mark does slide if, if that happens. So you get him back for spring. Maybe Paul Nichols does like to target the Grand Annual mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, yeah. He'd be one for that. Yeah, definitely. But we'll move into the elite hurdle. We thought we were going to see Goshen. He obviously was another one who was ruled out during the, uh, during the ground. So Royal won easy enough. You'd imagine he'll maybe go to the fight in fifth the way he did last year. Yeah, that seems to be the plan from the Alan King. Um, he just needed to turn up to win that race, really, and run his mark. Um, he's ran the champion chase quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder if, if Shishkin and Enel are going to and put the kettle on, Nubi Negra, you know, do themselves justice. Do you go champion hurdle instead this year? Um, if it's only Honeysuckle to beat and the rest are mid-160 horses, you know, he's, he's 163 over fences, he's getting to that level over hurdles, so mm-hmm. just wait to see what better ground he gets in terms of turn of foot and, and what best pace that he gets to aim at. Um, I mean, he's, and Alan King said, that even going right-hand wing canton, you wouldn't do that over a fence because he concedes too much ground, so given how productive he's been done, he's been doing early on this season, picking off these kind of hurdle races and then going to the fighting fifth if he beats Epiton, um, they, they might they might they might start getting quotes for him for the champion hurdle, as well as the champion chase because he's, he's he's a decent dual purpose horse and on good ground he's gonna he's gonna pick up all sorts of all sorts of prizes and he really doesn't want soft though so expect him to have a break after the fight in fifth if the, the ground's good. Yeah, I mean, look decent enough. Didn't have really much to beat. I fancied a horse, uh, sole pretender who just didn't run at all, but. Again, so Royal, we did what I had to do. We'll move into Nace. There are a few to mention here. It was a terrific day for Rachel Blackmore, but we'll start with Tia Hupu beat Colexios last year's Triumph winner really comfortably in the end. Just, you can argue Colexios is probably needing to run like a lot of Henry's horses have been needing, but Tia Hupu does look a, a really promising horse. Yeah, I gave him a positive mention ahead of his entry down Royal in the WKD hurdle where he was pulled out, just because I thought he'd be freshening up for this. Uh, and he was... He was in the day at Nace. Um, Colexios looked fat in the paddock. I mean, he really looked like he needed it. But I don't think he's a two-miler. Um, I think he needs I think he needs a bit of a trip. A lot of these kind of triumph horses, two miles, um, they, they, when they win over that, they tend to need a trip. Um, mm-hmm. Far class, prime example. He's almost a grand national contender. Yeah. He's four. Um, it was a good performance. Uh, so all, all you can really say at this moment, um, it's going to be hard to place because he's a four-year-old turning five. and Yeah, he's going to be tricky, but ne- next time might reveal more in the champion huddle, see what he does and against kind of more established established horses. Yeah, I mean, it was, Tia Hooper was very, very good. Colexios, as you say, he just didn't look fat at all. And a lot of Henry's horses have been kind of needing the run and haven't really looked brilliant. But again, that's... You can say that, bro, he, he wins the next three. I think he's got three, three winners to talk about for now. Like Captain Guinness as well, he won the, he jumped a lot better. He beat a decent field, obviously. It's a field he's kind of been around before. Andy Dufresne, Darvo Star, Felix Deji was in there. 
jump better. If you get a good rounder jumping in, in with Captain Guinness, he's potentially worth kind of keeping an eye on and a, a place in like a champion chase. I'm not saying he's good enough to beat the front three, but if it falls apart, he's he's more than capable of kind of being in the mix to, to kind of pick up the pieces. Well, that, that's the problem, you know. I mean, he's, he's got he's champion chase is really the only place he could go. Please mm-hmm. mark and how how do you how do you mould a case of him, you know, turning over? Yeah, you, know, you can't. That's that's the problem. And, and then you just look at the form in behind it. Andy Dufresne is a, is a weak horse. Uh, he's also tripless. Um, yeah, he's just one of those horses that you always see kicking about on you. Like stage is one of the biggest nutcases you'll ever see in track. The form of it, you know, it's, it's not really up to much. And, and Captain Guinness has fallen in four of his ten races in his lifetime as well. Mm. With all he's, he's not completed uh, through bad luck or, or through his own errors. So, and he was far too keen across Shelton, so I'd be worried about him travelling as well because he was also keen in the Supreme. Um, is he going to get cover at a champion chase? I don't know. Um, I don't know how they want to tactically ride him as well. But yeah, he, he is a He's just below the top rung. He's 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 grade two level, and they're a bit like Scooter Isle in a way. You know, he's, he's an admirable horse, and you and you think, well, if it does break up, could be a one to could be a one to kind of capitalise. But I think you kind of I fear you might kind of know all about him, and he's just going to be just below grade one level. Yeah, we'll move into Eric Bloodax, who returned for Joseph O'Brien, Rachel Blackmore rode him as well. Kept on well over two miles three. This isn't a horse I've been kind of following for a couple of years. I was really keen on him as a bumper horse then. He just could beat by appreciate it. It was really poor that day and he just hasn't. It took him a long time to get back. He was fourth in that bumper race at Punchestown that Kilcrook won. He's 16th for the bar. Like I would imagine he would maybe go that direction, but he looked, he did look as if he could he could kind of keep on quite well. I think he's every inch a Martin Pike horse. Do you? Yeah. I think he could be a big Gigginstown plot. Um, I did like the way he did it. I think it was one of the most impressive Cheltenham-related performances of the weekend. You're kind of looking for grinding it out, uncomplicated, just simply putting the race away when required, quickening when you needed to. I think he did everything right. Last season was kind of, you know, a lot of Joseph's horses, they didn't quite turn up Mm -hmm. at the top level. He seemed to be getting back. Utrecht was another one that ran quite well on the weekend, over two miles. Mm -hmm. Another same ownership, same kind of type of maybe getting his act together now. He's got another year under his belt. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I'd be very interested in what they do with him if they just likes to run his horses on quite frequently sometimes early on in the season. He does that with Eric Bloodaxe. He gets a mark sub 140, then you can see Martin Pike might be the, might be the way to go. Yeah, that could be a good shout for you. Yep. We'll move on to Mr. Incredible, another horse who won well over the weekend. Looks a steer as well, one over two miles three. He's 12 to one for the National Hunt Chase. I don't know if that's maybe a fair price or not, but he does look as if he's he can jump a fence and you know, could do a trip. He does. It looks like kind of the Henry de Bromhead sleeper in the three mile division, a bit like Eklat de Rear came mm-hmm. through the ranks from nowhere. Um, thought Cobbles Way could do that uh, a few years ago. and. He does seem to find these kind of horses that, that work really well over three miles. Uh, Mr. Kev looked at another one. Um, Rachel Blackburn gave him a terrific ride, you know, yeah. <laughs> through these uh, all, all these kind of loose horses at the line, and the, the, as if there was no space at all uh, down that narrow street at Nice. Um, he looks very good. Um, we'll need to find a bit more against better opposition, you'd imagine, but 
certainly entitled to have a big have a crack at one of these nice three mile novices that, that approach at Christmas time. Yeah, but it looked good. I mean, he's well, again one of those you you like to see at Christmas maybe against kind of better horses, but it was a good performance. Sunday, a few to mention in Navin. Uh, my mate Mossy, who we mentioned last week, was uh, another good good performance, beating Chemical Energy by ten lengths in a, a novice hurdle. Yeah, it was good. I mean, he's, he does look as if he's a, a potential sleeper in that division. He's only about 12 for the Supreme. It's maybe too short just now, but you want to see what he does at kind of graded level, don't you? Yeah, you just, I mean, all your big Cheltenham horses of last year have just not been out yet. So, yeah. can you take 12 to 1 in, on a horse that's, that's looked good twice this season? But how do you compare that to the likes of, you know, what Kilcrook could do or what Sir Gerhard could do? Uh, or even what what John Bond and Iron Maximus could do, so that's why you will fire on twelve to one for that at the moment. But I mean, it was very good, to, to impressive enough. You know, Chemical Energy is a it's a decent horse. Um, I think Elliot's other one that fell, um, it's probably not too bad either. So it's it's a decent standard. It's just whether whether he's you know playing his playing his hand a little bit too early in terms of the vision. Um, and we'll have the same conversation we did with Third Time Lucky this weekend. You know, he's probably going to win. Uh, at Shelton this weekend and he's all of a sudden 10-1 for the Arco well, that's very good but we know Fernie Hollow and appreciate our, our significantly better hurdlers so mm-hmm. if they're significantly better chasers 10-1 for him and the Arco looks terrible uh, if they're not 10-1 the Arco might be pretty good you just you just at the moment you just don't know yeah definitely Lizard was Millen Hurdle Durasso kind of picked picked up the pieces and I probably won even if Florin Porter stayed in his feet but Foreign Porter was way too keen in the day. I know he's he's shown quirks of that in the past, but Durasso's sixteen to one for the stairs. As you say, it's a division that's cut up and looks just like a horse that Durasso could maybe come in. But what was your overall takeaways from that race? Uh, I actually think Foreign Porter was still a one. Do you? Um, I think he's keen, but he's just like that. He, enough in the tank. He'll travel comfortably. So it was Durasso. Durasso had race fitness in his side, and Sal the Bella could have plodded on in behind. Um, Durasso's only rated 148 he's, he's, I don't think he's good enough personally Cheltenham um, but the Steers Hurdle division keeps sliding away then all of a sudden they might have a look at it um, but yeah I, I would I would be inclined to forgive Florian Porter I think he's, he's always keen he's always fresh I think, I think a lot of people expect him to fade away at Steers Hurdle and he mm-hmm. didn't that was over 2 mile 4 yeah, he did get a breather in him and I, and I was expecting him to really kick on again and win. Um, it was an innocent-looking fall to out. It was just just a mistake. Um, it's not something that he's done too often. I think it's forgivable. And I think you know pushing him out to tens, twelves, comparison to Time Hill as eights is it's nonsense. I, I, I think Florin Porter is is the one to beat. Yeah, I mean it's. I'm. I was a bit kind of just. When he fell, I wasn't overly surprised just how keen he run. But again, as you say, he probably he maybe would have won. I don't know. It's keen to see. Durasso, I think, has got a lot to find to, to compete in this division. But again, more horses to have a look at going forward. The top four, sure. Notebook beat Sam Crow, and pff, there's not really much to say. Notebook was good, but Sam Crow, is Sam Crow the most disappointing horse we've seen in the last 10 years? Yeah. Nah, he's won twice at Jail Fest. I know, but what else has he done? Yeah. What else has he done apart for that? In terms of not fulfilling his potential, yeah, he's probably disappointing because he's hyped up to be a bit of a world beater, really. Um, yeah, 
he's just I think he's had problems with his wind and his, his resolution isn't isn't too great. Um, he, he threw in the towel towel against Notebook, didn't he? Travelled yeah, right. pretty much. Hey. He needs he's better ground than a clear run of things, but you know he came back from the abyss, was well punted to win a marsh, and he won a ballet more easily enough odds on. So I think a lot of a lot of a lot of other highly touted horses have probably done done worse and we've forgotten about him. But yeah, if if he can get him back. Maybe need to look at his wind again or, or could him, but uh, I do think he might he might be it might be end of the line stuff and they don't know what really trip to run. Nah, them, I think I, mean, I remember when he was when he won that Ballymore, he was very they were very keen to go champion hurdle and Bouver there just pulled just pummeled him that day and but then I always thought maybe if they keep him to a, a strongly run two miles he could potentially be one to watch. But nah, notebook just toyed with him to be honest. Notebook was good. Again he's Standing jumper, and he's right conditioned. He is an outstanding jumper, but he's just not Cheltenham Hall. No, he's not. He's not going to compete in a champion chase. He probably won't even go to a champion chase. But again, he's one of those that's just he's going to pick up races at last grade tours that just caught up, isn't he? Yeah, Chris was at Leperstown um, stuff like that. I mean, he's he's a really good jumper when he, when he gets into his rhythm. Um, they might consider stepping him up in trip as well um, if he lands a settle. But he, he's very. Very fresh horse, and he's very out there. And mm. I don't think he takes it travelling particularly well anyway. I think he could run him anywhere in England and he'll you know, put his toys at the pram. Yeah, another race we'll touch on on Sunday was at Sandown, and this is this was just baffling to be honest. But it, it was a two run a field. Shantry House beat the big breakaway comfortably. He's now seven to one for the Gold Cup. I don't. I, I, I know he, he won. He won easy enough, and the big breakaway is another horse that's just fallen off a cliff. But I can't believe he, he's, he's not. That's not enough to shorten them into the same price as the Gold Cup winner, is it? No, I don't think so. Um, it's the rate, the nature of the race is kind of inflated his superiority. Really, um, I, I do think he's good. I, I do think he's a player. I think he's good, yeah. But I just don't think he's um, there yet. I'm sitting, Four teams after the news, Monkfish was pulled out. Mm-hmm. And I back him each way, and I did back Manalindo heavily, just because the market weren't reacting. Yeah, you would get um, just to steal a bit of a price. Um, they'll back about sevens. No, King George is going to be next. Um, it's looking likely he's going to bump into Manalindo there. The King George could be stacked. Good if they all turn up, it could be a it could be the race of the year. And the Ovo, they look like they look four confirmed um, possibilities there. So. That is going to be the race that's going to tell more. The concern is if you come from a, a Mickey Mouse race, really. Yeah. Uh, against a, a big breakaway who, you know, was at his worst. His, his trademark worst of made a poor jumping and hanging around and a bit, a, a bit ungenuine, to be honest. Um, you're throwing Chandra House now into from that straight to King George. It's supposed to be a stepping stone in the open company, that race. Mm-hmm. To me, it's looking a bit of a waste of time. It only gets four runners on average all the time anyway. Yeah. So it's obvious that there's, there's too many of these races and too many options for, for horses to dodge each other. And, and it might be... I know, I know you want to find an easy race um, as a starting point and then go into graded company. Maybe you're giving yourself too much to do. What, what, if, it, what if it becomes a culture shock going into open company because he's had such an easy time of it? Mm-hmm. It'd be better... Running in a handicap or something off top weight and just going at your own pace. Yeah, like, 
Yeah, I think that's what see like back in the day, obviously like Denman, that's you gain more respect for Denman because he went and carried the weight and won what a Hennessy the way he did. Like you don't you're you're not gaining respect, more respect for Shankar House beating the big breakaway, who just is just so disappointing. Like, yeah. It's not not their fault that nobody's yeah. as well, but there's just too many of these kind of intermediate beginners chases that are uncompetitive and it might it might it might soften the horse up, you know, rather than rather than harden them up for a, for a King George because the golf and quality is going to be so much different. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be like three four stone different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. But final horse to mention, a horse you have spoke about on the show a couple of times. Dodgy the Great one at Kempton, the twenty two lengths. One of the, again another a, a great story. I love, we all obviously want this horse to be really really good for the for connections, but. He has an exciting prospect. I would just uh, he did jump obviously, he was a bit obviously, but again that's he'll surely improve for the kind of more runs. Yeah, the first mile you were thinking mm, it might have a race on here, but he was he was even money. It was almost like ten to eleven, I think, overnight and back to one to three, so reliably tells you the good thing. Um he ran across the last quite dramatically. Yeah. Showed off his greenness. He was green in bumpers as well, mm-hmm. and, and he refused to settle for the first at least four or five hurdles. But he, he looked like he wanted to go a lot quicker. Um, he was just enthusiastic. He, he didn't really go quickly, uh, and he looked better attacking his hurdles with pace rather than you know being steadied into them uh, as a result of a slow gallop. And we hit the line was quite impressive. A Twenty-two length win without being overly troubled is. It's not too bad. The race tactically did fall apart. The main rival, who was race fit, carrying a penalty, didn't run to standard. But Nicky Henderson was moving. They might go back and trip with him. Could be. Could rule him out for the Ballymore. Um, could be an Albert Battle horse in the line as well. Um, one of those two. Certainly two and a half miles or three miles you'd be, you'd be looking at. Yeah, it looked, it looked good. I think he will improve for it. But again, that's that's a, the kind of nature of the now. We're, we're keen to see more horses kind of going forward and kind of better company. But that was our recap for this week. We'll move on to what's coming up this week. And obviously, we're recording this show on a Tuesday, as we do every week in War. The, the weekend, we've obviously got the Cheltenham November meeting, Callum, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be a really good weekend. Yeah, it takes it up another gear, uh, the whole action. Um, you get a few good trials, particularly on the Sunday. Um, good handicaps as well. And, and good graded good graded races as well. So, I mean, you've got plenty, plenty of stuff there. And the Morgiana at Punchestown. Yeah, yeah. Anything catching your eye for the, the weekend at the early, early prices? Particularly one of my five to follow, Cormier. Um, looks like he's going to sneak in at the bottom weight. So, the plan's being executed. He's now 14 to 1. 33s, so I'm quite quite pleased with that. Um, nothing else really. I do think put the kettle on might get beat. She has it in a prep run this year. I think newbie negative turns up could could overturn her. Yeah, shaping up with a good race. I think Politolog might go there and might set a reasonable pace for for newbie negative to aim at. Um, it, it might soften up, put the kettle on from the front as well. Um, I think the Skeletons could win that. I'd also expect the Skeletons to win the third time lucky. Yeah. And I'm interested in Laylor as well, with Paddy Power. And I'm all over protecting that. Yeah, protecting that's got a high weight, but if, if Laylor, you know, comes back to early season form, Paul Nichols seems to be quite happy and Harry Coffin's already up. Uh, I think he's he's very well handicapped if he's right. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, what we're going to do is on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we're going to have a tipping column in the morning. So stay tuned for that, and we'll have kind of we'll have basically tips every every day for Cheltenham. The Morgiana, it's the first clue in the the Irish for the champion hurdle. Echoes and rain looks to be kind of going in that direction. I would be very keen to see how she performs at this this trip. I'm very excited about her. I think she's the best threat to Honey Circle. She's second favourite already for the champion hurdle. Um, across the board uh, generally and that, that says a lot that the market is desperately seeking um, someone someone outside the last year's renewal to, to come in and maybe mount a challenge to Honeysuckle and it looks like Echoes in Rain particularly given Torrance Artista is going over fences um, and two mile trips interest, it looks like she's going to start here um, might come up against Abadabra something like that um, which is a Decent, decent horse. Yeah, it could be a good race. Yeah, that should be that should be a good duel if, if, if those two turn up. Um, yeah, um, I th- think these wee tricky tactical races work against Abacadabra a little bit. It echoes and rain likes to go forward, so you think the less number of, of rivals in the race, it's, it's going to suit echoes and rain from the front. Um, and I, I would expect her to win, um, but I think this time last year we were all expecting Saint Wa to do something, and he didn't. Yeah, I mean it's that's kind of it's always a race I look forward to because it's the first I think it's the first big clue of the the champion hurdle season. But again, what what we'll do is we'll have kind of all that all this up during the week on our social media. So stay tuned for that. We are going to move on now to our anti post picks, and we're just going to have our last week's picks come up on the screen. We started off. Callum started off with Bell Metal in the Mayor's Novice Hurdle, and I went for Journey with Me and the Ballymore. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're not going to pick one horse. We're going to have a couple of multiples, aren't we? Yeah, I'm going to have my, my lucky 15 that people have been badgering me for after, after last year's effort. On you go. You, you kick off and I've got a wee treble, but you kick off with your lucky 15. Yeah, the first leg of it uh, on the Tuesday in the Mayor's Huddle is Tell Me Something Girl. Okay. Eight to one, uh, generally across the board. Um, I think she's definitely going to run here. Here's Novice's hurdle winner, stayed on best. I think a step up and trip will improve, will make her improve. Um, Concertista's going over fences. Black Tears is in fall and retired. Um, that's two really serious market rivals that are still in the market in some places, gone mm-hmm. is, is main opposition. And Echoes and Rain could be a champion hurdler. Yeah. So that's three of them gone. If, if that's the case, um, and the rest in behind are, are, are a bit much of a muchness. Um, and she was well on top in the, in the novices division in the big race last year. So she, she's got a lot of lengths in hand already from what, what's meant to be the perceived best bunch of novices. Uh, I think she looks eight to one. I think it's more than fair. I don't, I don't understand why she isn't clear favourite. Yeah, what's next? Um, on the Wednesday, it is Galloping de Champ. In the festival novices, okay. Race, Brave Man's Games already sent a decent benchmark, but I think from the Martin Pike up to the three mile division, think you know Willie Mullins had he had Monkfish that came from the Bartlett. I think that the way the Bartlett panned out and the way Gallican Deschamps won at Punchestown, he'd have probably won the Bartlett uh, if he went there. He was just way, way, way too well handicapped to ignore the Martin Pike. He won one quite comfortably from a, from a well handicapped Dan, Dan Skelton horse, I would say, in Langer Dan. And I, I just think he's going to improve for fences and like they always do, you know, kind of the bloodline really 
really convinces you. Um, classical Green's going to be the one that stays over the hurdles. That he's going to be the one that's going to go over fences, and I think he's going to be quite hard to beat. He's been nibbled at for twenty to one anti-post over the summer, so I have to have him a lucky fifteen multiple on, on day two. Very good. Who's next? And the third one's for important. The staying stairs. Okay. At uh, ten to one, generally, just to keep the keep keep it some, some decent prices. You know, we could go for Shishkin and Bob Ollinger and Honeysuckle and state the obvious and Kilcrute and you know stuff like that. But you want kind of some some dream work value. Um, he still got age on his side. He's a defending champion. I know he fell Saturday, but it was too short. He was still travelling well. I know he's keen, but he's always keen. He's always fresh and. No, I would be have more questions about Time Hill over the weekend than Florian Porter. And they are still the two that comfortably set the standard. Paisley Park's 10. Looked in the decline at Weatherby, even though things went against him. Uh, sadly, Belly kind of plotted on to his mark, as Mark would suggest. Um, Florian Porter beat Sadly Belly and Paisley Park, who were the right horses in the market in behind. Um, there was no fluke about it from the front. Um, he did get a little bit of pace pressure put on by an outsider, swatted it away, so you can be tractable. Um, and Cheltenham's a lot more suitable. It just plays into his strengths, and I, th- I just do think he'll be primed for it again, and I think we'll have a, I think it'll be tough to beat. Um, you're looking at kind of buzz and you know, something left field to come and, and shake up this market, and if, if that doesn't materialise, I think four and quarter is, is, is quite well-priced at the moment. And round it off, who's the final pack in the lucky 15? Manila Indo in the Gold Cup. At sixes, uh, I think he should be clear for you. Another defending champion, but I think he's just a Cheltenham horse and he comes alive. Then um, I think Apotar will go the Betfair chase. He needs to be left-handed, but I think his jumping is occasionally scratchy. Um, wherever you go, to be honest, uh, and I think Benelindo can take advantage of that again. I think those two are well clear now. Monkfish out the picture. Um, Chantry House, yeah, he's short. Um, He's probably the one that could contend, um, but he does have enough to find on the bare figures, and he hasn't really got the experience of of, of the likes of you know the front two, the Gold Cup. You know he, he beat Alban Photo, a dual cup winner, you know, quite convincingly last year. Um, there are others that you could put in the mix, and Galvin might be one. Um, Paul Nichols is leading lights that will probably not turn up again. So you're looking at very much. It looks all very samey, and the market hasn't really told that. With Monkfish out of the picture, I think I think um, Manila Indo should be a lot shorter than his. I'm surprised that you can get some 11 to 2 6 to 1 at the moment. Very good. Have we got a total of what this comes in at? Uh, whatever you shop about, whether you can go on, but it's, it's around it's around about 5,000 to 1. Very good. So everybody get that on and we'll see how that goes. But that's a brilliant, brilliant lucky 15 to follow for the season. Mine's was only 47 to 1 for a treble. So um, I'm just getting to see horses here that I just, I think the only thing that beats them is themselves. I'm being deadly honest. Honeysuckle in the champion hurdle, Bob Ollinger in the marsh and Ellie May in the mayor's chase. I just think that's a 47 to 1. I think that's a decent. I don't, I don't see these three horses unless something comes from Miles away to beat these horses. I, don't, I just don't see. I think Honeysuckle's rocks all in the champion hurdle. She's. I would actually maybe consider taking her on in the Hatton's Grace. Not because I think she's kind of weak. I just think there's potentially that she's too. She's a two mile horse now. I just think she's potentially that's they've got 
a two mile. I don't know if the Hatton's Grace is going to suit her anymore, but it'd be keen to see classical dreams running in it as well. I just think she's so good at this this level. She's improved so much for two miles. And Bob Ollinger, we saw how good he was last year. I don't see anything beating him. I think I appreciate it. Go to Arco, and I just don't think he's. I think he's better than my Drogo, and they're the only two really horses I would say could could take him on. Ellie Bay's an absolute good thing for the Mayor's Chase. It's four to one now. That's that's a brilliant price. I know Concertista's going. Concertista, I don't think, is two mile four. I think she's potentially an Arco horse. I really do. I don't know if you agree with that, but you can you can talk about my my tips if you want. But that there are three horses I just don't see getting beat. I really don't. I know that's really early to say that, but the three horses are just unopposable to me. Yeah, it's hard to take them on, isn't it, at this point. Um in terms of the champion hubble, <coughs> you're probably betting the honeysuckle to get there with the prices. Um, Aye. Um, unless it goes in raid, maybe there's something really special in the weekend. Who knows? Um yeah, Bob Ollinger does look kind of the, the novice chase banker at the moment. Yeah, I just think it's a little bit too early because we haven't haven't seen him. Jump I haven't seen him over a fence, but yeah. if he, if he, um, yeah, and, and appreciate it, he might go up and trip Fernie Hollow. Um, is is working as as wonderfully as Willie Mullins suggests in his stable tours, so they might might try and split them up uh, different ownership, so they might not. Um, Again, it's, it's anyone's guess, and Ellie Mays does set a, a good standard um, in the male's chase. Um, maybe maybe something could, uh, what if put the kettle on, gets beat, or two miles and looks slow all of a sudden, they might go male's chase there. Again, probably not, because she's a defending champion, so you want to defend your crown anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Scarlet and Dove might be better this year. Um, Silver Forever seems to be a sleeper for Paul Nichols. Uh, I wouldn't rule out damn the company either if Nicky Henderson doesn't butcher our campaign this year. <laughs> just, I know. Just, just a little to jump over one trip would be would be useful. Um, but, you know, these, these things happen. It's, it's up in the air. And, yeah, the three that you've got are kind of, they do it at this stage, look incredibly hard to hard to avoid. Do you know, it's like it's harder now to find a bit of value in, a, in one specific horse at the moment? I know. I think there's next to none. Um scratching about and looking for things and it, a lot a lot of the, the top horses aren't out yet either so mm-hmm. it's easy for the bookmakers to just slash something that, you, that you, you've seen and, and you think well that's quite good uh, puts you off and they're not really lengthening the likes of Kibble Crook or you know Manila Indo didn't come out because Shantry House looked good I mean it's stuff like that uh, no it's 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 very thin the ground I think every single year it gets harder and harder and harder. I think the bookmakers are more, a lot more primitive and a lot more protection uh, is placed on their, on their prices, uh, anti-post. Because I think people are like quite good judges. In lockdown, particularly a lot like yourself, when people like lumping Bob Ollins on and, and stuff like that. And you know, even Shishkin, Shishkin last year, the after Cheltenham, I think it was like six to one for the Arkle. It looked obvious. You couldn't get half that after he won the Arkle for the Champion Chase. So, I mean, they are they're just caught on a little bit better than, than what they have been before. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head when it comes to that. But we are going to wrap up the show there. That is our picks for this week. We'll hopefully be be back next week with, with two single single horses and we'll see when I get back to our normal. But we're going to, we've changed it up this week. We're going with the multiples, aren't we? We're going to get big, big winners in there. 
But I want to thank Callum for joining the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, pleasure as always. But I want to thank you very much to everyone that's tuned in. Please follow our social media pages uh, on Facebook, Twitter, all the, all the usual places. You'll get our columns Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And follow us on YouTube, some uh, podcast channels as well. Thanks very much. We'll see you soon. Cheers. <laughs>